Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Tennis and Bagels podcast. It's the second episode uh, after the hiatus from uh, the Wimbledon one. And uh, again, we're still very excited. We actually recording back to back from the men's draw and the women's draw. Um, you might be listening to this podcast first and wondering what the heck, but yeah, there's a, it depends. So which one is going to come out first? I don't know, but we recorded the men's first. And now this is the second episode that we're recording today is the women's. We still got plenty of energy to spend on tennis and uh, the US Open is coming. Uh, starting on Monday, I watched a bit of the qualies because Rebecca Marino was playing fantastically after a really great run after the Montreal wild card um, that she received. Um, and it's, it's great that she qualified and I'm super excited. She takes on the Zitolina first and I'm just going to drop this one right off the bat. But um, I'm also again here with Vansh. Owen couldn't be here again with us today. We we're recording this back to back. He's too busy. Uh, with um, school year starting soon um, nothing is incredibly easy now with the pandemic like we got to figure out a bunch of stuff and obviously personal life right and that's one of the reasons why we didn't record anything up until this point but yeah how, how are you doing Vansh in this uh, <laughs> the second hour of the podcast that we record today doing pretty good uh, managed to get a nice break after we recorded the first one got a quick snack something to eat now feel nice and rejuvenated ready to discuss the women's draw and it's a very good draw uh very even on both sides and a lot to get into so i'm super excited nice and uh why don't we start with the the big news first yeah so um like we did with the men's uh, we started out by uh, kind of reminding everyone of some of the players that uh, haven't played uh, that are not playing this tournament uh, haven't played in a while or are struggling with injuries and we just want to wish them well and hope they uh, get better soon because they're legends of the game. Serena and Venus Williams. Um, you know, the last time, uh, like I mentioned in the men's preview, I'm going to say it again, the last time that Serena, Venus, uh, Federer, and Nadal were not in the same tournament, uh, Grand Slam tournament. Not in the same year. tournament. One of the, the one of them was not in a, in a uh, Grand that, uh, Yeah, sorry. Let me rephrase that. That one of them was not playing um, in, the, in, the, in the tournament. It's been since 1996 US Open. So it's now been 25 years. Um, and this time we don't have either of them playing. So this is uh, definitely kind of signaling the end of an era, but we still have to hold out on that, obviously, before it's definitive. But, uh, you know, Serena has not been healthy um, and she suffered a serious like leg injury um, at Wimbledon. Uh, and she it was very unfortunate, but she hasn't had any matches. And we just hope that she will get back next year. And just like Roger, hopefully retire on good terms um, and uh, hopefully it's not an injury that kind of takes away uh, and she's able to play the majors again and be back for Australia mm-hmm. or uh, even back in the conversation uh, to, be, to be a contender um, especially at Wimbledon next year 
And then for Venus Williams, Venus Williams also withdrew. Um, she's been struggling with injuries on and off the whole year. Uh, and she's, it's not very surprising. She's over 41. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, definitely watch her withdrawal statement uh, and yeah. video. That's on Instagram. And she's uh, just the queen of, uh, she's just the queen of these kind of videos. Like her statement was just so witty at the same time. It left me disappointed, but at the same time, I was just once again reminded of what a credit to the sport Venus Williams has been with mm-hmm. her longevity and her, um, you know, just her presence across so many different eras and uh, how well she's actually done at the U.S. Open where she's won it twice. And, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, the 1997 U.S. Open finals was her first Grand Slam uh, final. And that's that's almost 25 years ago, to put it in perspective. And she's still out here playing and competing hard against a lot of the women. And so I wish her well and I hope she's back. Um, next year and gets to go on her own terms as well. And then you have Sophia Kennan, um, who is the who was the Australian Open champion in 2020 and the French Open runner-up. She's been struggling a lot uh, this season with um, her health uh, injuries. She already got uh, she contracted COVID despite testing positive. I mean, despite she, uh, oh my gosh, yeah, this is when you can really tell that we've been recording for a while. Yeah, she uh, tested positive for COVID-19 despite getting vaccinated. So that's just a reminder that. Uh, uh, you know, even with the vaccine, uh, you know, cases can still occur, unfortunately, positive cases. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully she can recover soon and um, be back. And because she's a, a Grand Slam winner and she's uh, very good on hard courts and she's proven that before. And so, yeah, hopefully she gets back healthy. And then, of course, we have some players like Carolina Mukova, for example, who pulled out last week with an ab injuries so some question marks about her health um some ongoing niggles injuries uh players that were strong in the first half of the year uh first three months of the year but have kind of uh not been the same since or recaptured that form so there's a lot of that in the women's side combined with just an insane amount of death that we'll get to with um uh, just so many different winners that could emerge in different sections and uh, I was telling Andre this before the podcast but just another stat to keep in mind is that we've had four big events this year and so 14 to 16 different semifinalist slots 16 different players have occupied those 16 spots so a big storyline for me is that will we see a repeat semifinalist from one of the big events this year or will it be four new semifinalists again and so that'll be very interesting to follow as well and we'll see if we can um we can how, where we end up uh, at the end uh, at the end of these two weeks, but I'm really looking forward to it. Um, anything else you want to add yeah. before we kind of unpack? When uh, when you, just just to clarify, when you say big events, which one are are you referring to? It's like um, obviously Roland Garros, Wimbledon, and uh, um, Australian Open. So the first three yeah. majors, and then the Olympics. So. Oh, the Olympics! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, like uh, outside, those are outside of the WTA association. Like obviously, the uh, women's yeah. tennis association association, like the the WTA. So those those tournaments that are not um, governed by the WTA. I don't think the Olympics are. It's probably just governed yeah, by the Olympics uh, or the ITF. The ITF. Uh, uh, yeah. That, so. so yeah, but in the when you go back to the WTA 1000 events, they have had a a, a lot of consistency. Are still in those right? So. You got um, Sabalenka had a rematch against Pliskova in Montreal, which was really fun. I watched it live. Um, and then... Yeah, we're starting, Barty we're starting to, to see some rivalries. Um, yes, this is kind of cool. With, uh, especially with Sabalenka and Barty, they've played a lot this year. Um, yeah. So if that match happens, I'd be really up for that. Um, Pliskova and Barty have played twice this year. 
uh, Pushkova has now backed up her. She made the Rome final. She made the Wimbledon final. She made the Montreal final and mm-hmm. the Cincinnati semis. Um, and she's now in the back at, in the top four, four in the race. So that's another storyline. Um, and then just the consistency of Ashley Barty is something that's, um, as much as we stated, it's still undersold. Um, yeah. It's incredibly impressive what she's doing. She's doing it across all surfaces. She's 40 and seven on the year. She's won five titles this season. She's won titles on at Wimbledon. She's won Miami. She's won Cincinnati. She's won Stuttgart, which is a big 500 on clay. Uh, not easy to win. She's reached the Madrid final. That's her only loss in a final this year. She lost to Irina Sabalenka, who was in peak pink form um, that week. And it was um, kind of a rematch from the Stuttgart one, which um, yeah. Barty took in three sets as well. Exactly. Yeah. And they had a very good match in Miami as well. And then, yeah, so they had, we had, we saw three really good matches between Sabalenka and Barty this year. And of course, we yeah. also, of course, Barty also won the pre tournament leading into Australia, another 500, where she beat Mogulisa in the final. And yeah. this is all after, you know, basically living in Australia um, during the pandemic and choosing to stay at home. Um, not necessarily even choosing. She was just forced to based on the border restrictions and the demands uh, uh, of, you know, the, I mean, all of the players were gone for five months, but she didn't, she chose not to play the US Open and Roland Garros at the end of 2020. And there was a lot of talk about, does she deserve to be number one? Is her number one points asterisk? It's all 2019 points. Well, now she's proven that she is now, now not only is she a clear number one, she's 3,000 points ahead of anybody else in the, yeah. language, in the race. So literally if she weren't, weren't able to defend even a slam and a slam and a half basically at 3,000 points, she would still be number one. And she's now approaching almost 100 weeks at number one. She's doing it with so much grace and class. She's so humble, uh, such a joy to listen to. She always credits her team. She's always, uh, she's super well-liked by everybody on the WTA. And she's got a very fun game to watch, contradictory to what a lot of other people think. Um, because it's very drama-free or it's very uh, business-like, her approach. And so I think a yeah. lot of people conflate that with um, not a uh, super interesting game or personality. But I think her game, just the, her strokes, the way she, the variety that she plays with and how awesome her serve and her forehand and her athleticism yeah. is, combined with her um, all-court craft, her slice, uh, just a very complete game now. Yeah, it's just, it's just fun tennis to watch, honestly. Just like, it's, it's good tennis. Yeah, yeah, you just watch it and you're like, man, it's... Yeah, and, and like, she's like what five foot six tall or something like that, and five foot serves five. Ace, it's five foot yeah. five. Yeah, she's she, her serve is a weapon, and like that, huge that almost yeah, it, it it kind of proves that. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I won't say I don't. I won't speak for the men's game, but for the women's game at least, like you can't be that tall. And right. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't know what's the average, but you can see a lot of lots of women who are going around like five foot five foot five, around like maybe five yeah. foot nine. I mean, just to give you an example, like Simona yeah. Halep is a two-time major champion and she's she's a former born number one. She's a phenomenal player the last seven years, yeah. but her serve is nowhere near as good as Ashley Barty's, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, and, and you can you can be that yeah. tall and, and still tr- make your serve into a weapon. And, and that's that's really interesting to see. Maybe Ash is going to lead her way into like another new kind of player to to come up yeah. in the in the future which by the way to credit to serena williams where it's too of course like serena and venus that are basically the ones that made the serve become a weapon in the women's game as right. well because um yeah. especially serena because the amount of times that you could see her like getting out of trouble and winning matches because she was able to um dominate her service games are just insane so yeah like um, shame that they're not playing this year. And um, yeah, so what do we got in this draw? Of course, we got uh, yeah, so why don't we Ashley Barty, uh, <laughs> yeah. the number one seed. And, you know, it'll be just very interesting for me because 
um, you know, does, does the pressure finally get to Ash or does she kind of, uh, um, does she keep on continuing this momentum? Because another thing is that she's been, she's not gone back to Australia in all these months. So she's basically just been traveling out of her suitcase. And for anybody that lives in Australia, like they know how hard that is, you know, to not have access to anybody other than your phone and Zoom to go see, it, you know, all your team and basically just her and her coach, Craig Teisler and her physio, like that's all she's traveling with the last uh, six, seven months. And she's such a homebody and somebody who like just loves Australia and loves the vibe there. And so for her not to be able to go back because she'd have to quarantine and all these other restrictions, um, you know, does that finally take a toll on her? Because New York is one of those cities. It's hustly, it's busy, big crowds, a, a lot of spotlight on her for actually the first time in uh, quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. So how does she kind of navigate through that? Um, and also people expecting her to not only win the thing, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, to basically win the thing, hold her number one ranking. So all these kind of things kind of play into it. But if we look at her draw uh, for a sec, yeah, um, it's it's a very it's a very decent draw for her. I, I'd say she a lot of these players are power players, players that uh, she can sort of diffuse with the way she uh, controls the middle of the court and she. Um, can kind of outmaneuver, I guess, because she can outpower a lot of them, but she can outmaneuver them and she can serve big and she can, the way she played at Cincinnati. Um, what was so impressive about that is she was actually just using that as a tune-up and she said she hadn't really played at all since the Olympics, but just the ability, the way she ran through that tournament, I mean, the way she crushed Krajikova, uh, Azarenka, the way she won against Teichman in the final, it was just seriously super, super impressive stuff. She didn't mm-hmm. drop a set throughout the whole week. And her competition was uh, was uh, was very, uh, you know, like some of the best players. Like uh, Krajikova has been on a tear since winning the French Open. So, but if we look at her draw here, I mean, Zvonareva, that's a good draw for her in the first round. The one that will be kind of interesting for me is Clara Tossin, if she gets to Clara Brulow, because Clara Tossin is one of those young up-and-comer um, 18, 19-year-olds from Denmark who has won a title this year, and she has insane power off both wings. She's an incredibly pure ball striker. She moves mm-hmm. very well. And not only that, um, uh, I watched her when she played against Jen Brady uh, uh, in the first round of Roland Garros last year, and she was using drop shots and angles. And that's part of her plan A, uh, along with the power off both wings. So she, she's already a you know fairly complete player, even though she's only 18 and 19, and her game is raw in some sense. So that'll be very interesting for me uh, against Ash Barty. Um, I actually think uh, in the first couple of rounds is where Ash is sometimes uh, not playing her best tennis but still kind of finds a way through like in Miami when she had to save match points in the first round, or even in this tournament, her first round uh, was like a four and six. Um, it wasn't as commanding as her other wins. So um, especially I just look for that early. So, uh, and how she kind of deals with the conditions and opponents. But other than that, I don't really see anybody in this kind of a section. Um, I think if like Mukova is very healthy Mm-hmm. Um, and playing her best like that's a match I kind of want to see again like Ash Barty and Carolina Bukova because if you remember they played at the Australian Open and yeah. Bukova kind of left for an injury timeout and Ash was in complete control of the match and then um, kind of uh, I don't want to say gave it gave gave the match away but the momentum really shifted after that and Ash was never really in control um, but uh, I know Owen for example will love this match between Sarah Cerebus Tomo and Carolina Bukova because yeah. Owen is one of the biggest uh, Sarah Cerebus Tomo fans you'll you'll have you know, you'll ever see, um, including me as well, because I just, uh, she's just such a joy to watch and she's going to move you from corner to corner. And if you're not at your best, I mean, she will beat you because she's incredibly fit and she just, she loves the battle. But yeah. uh, 
And of course, I'm not doing appropriate justice to her like the way Owen would, but her game is just tremendous to watch. Yeah. So uh, she, Owen says something about her, which I, have, I don't, you don't hear often, I guess, but like she makes her fitness her weapon because right. she doesn't really have anything in her game that is particularly great. Um, she does have great variety. She uses this slice well. Uh, her serve is nothing special, but it, it makes her work, but she defends it pretty well. But she she just can't push the her opponents to the limit to the brink Absolutely. of fitness. Yeah. So yeah, like she played a she played a terrific match um, that lasted for nearly three hours in Montreal, and I think that match was six seven six love six three in her favor. And if you if you were to take a guess on how long that match would be, it would be like probably like two hours, but it was like two hours and fifty minutes. So yeah, it was grueling. It was it was pretty pretty rough. She beat yeah. uh, Siniakova in that one. She's but... so tough to get the ball by because her defense is so good and her physicality, yeah. like the way she just kind of imposes her fitness, um, and like corner to corner. And she has a very good defensive slice as well. And her net game is is really good too. Like I've seen her finish. She's got great hands at the net. Mm-hmm. Um, She's maybe not as uh, she's lacking in power, and her serve is a bit of a weakness. But apart from that, her game is very, very hard to break down, and you yeah. have to be at your very best, and you better be willing to grind for hours if you're yeah. playing against her. But uh, so, especially if Carolina Mukova is nursing an injury, uh, mm. good luck playing Sarah Sribis normal. Yeah, it's a tough one to draw. In the, in the and then also Suwei Shea potentially in the second round. Th- like those are two players you absolutely don't want to play if you're not at hundred percent. And so I actually like really like uh, Sarah Tomo to get to the third round, um, just based on like you know Mukova like you know not being in the best shape. Yeah. You know, and obviously I could be wrong, and like Mukova could be um, could be feeling close to 100 yeah. percent, and then just kind of be. The thing about Mukova is like she she does have she has a complete game as well, and like yeah, um, she may not she, she's not as fit as as uh, Sariba Tomo, but like the thing is she hits harder, she has a bigger serve. She has the weapons to to make her runs. She just needs to be ready to hit a, an extra shot. That's the one. That's the yeah. one thing. I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, then the other kind of interesting match that signed up to me is um, Emma Raducanu, who In actually January. got to the who actually got to the ITF final recently and lost to Clara Towson. Great match, by the way, in three sets. I didn't get to watch it, but I saw the score and I saw some reports on it on Twitter. Uh, but uh, she's she made the fourth round of Wimbledon, um, and she seems like a a great prospect, especially on hard courts. Uh, she really likes playing there, and uh, as well as grass, obviously, where she made the run. But now she's playing against Jen Brady, who's such a question mark for me ever since the Australian yeah. Open. She's been just been so on and off with uh, injuries, and her body just hasn't allowed her to develop any kind of a m- momentum, especially during the clay court season when I expected a lot more from her. It just seemed that she wasn't able to string many matches together in a row to get that belief. And she started winning a few matches in Madrid, but then just kind of... Uh, it kind of just tailed off for her a little bit. Um, and so I'm just uh, very curious about that match because last year she played a gem of a match against Naomi Osaka in the semifinals. I thought it was one of the best matches all year, um, men or women. Uh, definitely on the women's side, like best match I've I've ever seen um, on a semifinal lineup. That brilliant day with like Azarenka and Williams and Osaka mm-hmm. and Brady. And yeah. Brady played such a big part of that match. And, and then, of course, she backed it up by getting to the Australian Open final earlier this year, which seems like ages ago now. Yeah. But it did happen. So, yeah, I'm very curious to see who Ashley Barty will play in the quarterfinals or even in the round of 16. And you got Jess Pagula in there, who's always very dangerous. She's had a phenomenal year. She's been playing very consistent, um, on, especially on hard courts, and she's playing at home. Uh, so that would be interesting. I actually really like Belinda Bencic. Belinda Bencic won the gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah. 
And I think she's playing uh, some of her best tennis. And she made the semifinals of the US Open in 2019. So she definitely likes playing here. Yeah, uh, I think Mencic has got a good draw for in her favor, I guess. Yeah, she does. She, 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 she will have to get draw. through. like her. It For her to get to the third round and face Jessica Pagula, I feel like it's it's a good... It's a good uh, couple warm-up matches, and yeah. I think she's, she's can, she can definitely do it. Um, it's definitely a feasible draw. Um, Pegula definitely is the question mark here, like whether she can get through, because Pegula is it's not that she's on and off, but she she can beat the best players um, if she's feeling like it, like in a sense. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, she's a player that you don't, you don't want to see like coming through like your way. Yeah, um, you don't, um, especially. A, while not playing well, you know. I remember she was the run. She was the one this summer that stopped the run of uh, Danielle Collins, um, and Ons Dubor, which was like Ons Dubor was up like six one five four thirty love seven for the match in Montreal, and she didn't come through. And Jessica Pagula took full advantage, mm-hmm. and just kind of started imposing her game. And she has tremendous power off both wings. She hits the ball incredibly flat. I find, and her those flat strikes, uh, she still find, manages to get quite a bit of margin on her sh- shots. And she's super extra motivated. She uh, has played many long matches this year and she's won a lot of three setters. So from that standpoint, like she's extremely tough to beat. Like you have to be playing, you know, uh, some of your best tennis and kind of outmaneuver her because she's very tough to uh, go baseline to baseline when she's in the zone. And so that'll be kind of interesting to see like if Bencic and Pagula play each other because Bencic won that match in the first round of the Olympics. Um, and, you know, she's also a very street ball striker, takes the ball extremely early, very smooth strokes. And, um, you know, she might just be more informed right now. So I'm going to pick uh, Belinda Benchich to get to the fourth round. The interesting mm-hmm. section for me is also the um, Sviantec section, because I feel like Sviantec has made some progress this year, but it's been very kind of like steady progress. And yeah. she hasn't progressed like past the fourth round. She's had kind of a block in the fourth round quarters. Another stat I'll give you is that she's the only woman uh, on the W, she's the only player in the WTA to have made at least the fourth round of all three majors so far this year. Nobody else has done that, which is interesting too, because like because of her lack of um, finals and titles achievements on surfaces other than clay, and including the the um, Roland Garros where she um, she was playing fantastically for the first week and she, she ended up losing. I don't remember to who to Sakari in the quarters. Sakari exactly. Uh, she was but, losing um, a little bit of an injury in the second set, but yeah. Uh, yeah, nonetheless, it was shocking at the time. Um, yeah, exactly. Over, but yeah, she. But it that that's that really shows just how consistent she is in general. Yeah. And um, I feel like to her credit, it, it's definitely interesting. I guess for me, I might be just kind of looking at just from a bias um, view based on like um, what I've heard. But um, from her, even but like how similar does this like how this reminds me of Nadal <laughs> because Nadal may not be like the most decorated male, uh, tennis player in all of the surfaces and has a ridiculous dominance on clay, but like he, he is good on, on every surface. Like don't count him out. Like if you was playing this U S open and he was fit, it was, it was definitely going to be a battle. Yeah. So I, mean, he, I, like I would the, definitely have picked him, but yeah, back to this, this, I like um, the this, clay cord. I like the comparison yeah. of them when it comes to their clay cord auras. Yeah. Because that's what it really felt like with the uh, Shviantek when she just rolled through the French open. I think exactly. some of the difficulty that she's having is also one, just the depth of the tour. And the fact that her ranking is not quite like a, you know, she's not a top four seed yet or top five mm-hmm. player yet. She did win a title this year of 500 on hard courts in Adelaide where she beat Belinda Bencic. And then, of course, like you said, she's been pretty consistent. But I think um, the fact that the tour is just so deep and she's having to yeah. play, face these tough opponents, like having to play Jabor early, 
um, in a Masters is like that's such a tough draw, right? And I know, like, right? Yeah. Losing to Jabor uh, when she's extremely hot because you know not many players play like Jabor, right? Like Jabor no. is you know with all the drop shots and flair and the, the, the kind of injections of pace that she has off both wings mm-hmm. um, and the the way she and a big can, serve too, honestly. Yeah, and then the way she can just like like come up with big serves and when you're least expecting it and then all of a sudden just play a bad game for three, like she doesn't give you any rhythm. And Shriantik is a player who kind of thrives on that rhythm. And so that's why, you know, like a disruptor like Jabor is like such a tough matchup for her, um, especially on a hard court right now. It might be different on clay. Uh, but so that's where like, she's been a little hard done, but eventually she does have to find a way to come through these uh, tough matches when she's not playing her A level. And she'll, she'll learn. She's getting better at it. She's only 19, 20. She's only 20. She just turned 20 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, because like when she won the French Open, it's worth noting, like she was never tested, right? So she never had to go and like find that plan B. Like she won the French Open having dropped 28 games um, in seven matches. So she was ridiculously dominant. Yeah. But So she hasn't been able, she hasn't like quite um, had the time yet or the the experience, enough experience yet to win those matches when she's at, you know, a 75%, 80%, like the match against Halep at the Australian Open, for example, or, you know, some other matches against top players this year. But when she's at her absolute best, I mean, that's when she's like, her best is up there with Andrescu and like the the four that I think will just, that we just hope to see rivalries from over and over again, which is Osaka, Bardi, uh, Shriantek, um, and uh, uh, Andrescu. But so, uh, but I do think yeah. she'll get to the fourth round. I, the thing is, uh, I, I do still predict she'll get to the fourth round. Like, I like her draw here. It's like mm-hmm. Jamie Loeb, uh, uh, Fiona Farrell. Like, these are all opponents that uh, she... Those are winnable matches, yeah. Right yeah. And I realize Jill Teichman is in that section as well. We can never count her out because she just had a great run going like going through Osaka, going through Pushkova, yeah. getting to the final. Uh, very strong week for her. Yeah. Uh, but... But yeah. I don't know if she'll be able to replicate that in a major. And she's playing against Annette Contivate. Um And Contivate just won a title. And Contivate is seated and she usually wins the matches she's supposed yeah. to win. So Interestingly, that you say that just she's actually playing Stozer, who's, by the way, like nowhere near her form that led her to the title in the US Open. But it's an, it's an interesting match. Uh, I mean, I don't think Stozer is going to make it through. But I mean, Stozer is a former US Open champion, yeah. right? She won yeah. this tournament 10 years ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she did. I think she won a gold medal or a medal at, in, uh, yes. uh, in, in gold in, in the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. I may be just saying stuff, but this no, no. what I feel like I remember. But yeah. Um, yeah. And she's a phenomenal doubles player and, you yeah. know, always dangerous on the day. And, you know, if she catches, if you catch her on the wrong day, like. Uh, yeah. It's a player that you have to stay awake for. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so but, yeah. I'm curious to see how Teichman does, but I think uh, we'll likely see Contivate and Shrontek in the third round, and I think Shrontek will win that match. Yeah. Um, and then, and then mm. the question for me is just Benchich Pagula, right? Like who gets through that section? Because apart from Benchich and Pagula, I don't see anybody else in the fourth round for Shrontek. Um, and she did beat Ben Benchich earlier this year uh, yeah. in in Adelaide, but you know that's Adelaide. This is a uh, when Benchich was not in great form, and this is U.S. Open when Benchich is coming off a gold medal. So. Uh, I really don't things know. Things could change, yeah. yeah. Things could really change, and she especially has, because we don't, yeah, and especially because in the majors and the in the women's side, we don't have the the additional um, scoreline difference of uh, being best of three or best of five. It's still best of uh, best of three. Um, yeah. So 
basically the same dynamics. The only thing that basically changes would be mentally, really, just how you approach this, like emotionally, psychologically, all the things that like go on um, yeah. in your head are the things that are actually changing. That uh, Definitely, obviously, the fact that you have to play seven matches, but that's, that, that's more of a factor later on in the tournament rather than uh, in up to the fourth and quarterfinal matches, I would say. Yeah, definitely. The, the, this one is a tricky one for me to predict because I'm predicting Benchic will beat Pagula. And then I have um, Triantek and Benchic. And I know that their match in Adelaide was very one-sided, but that was a different Benchic, like I mentioned. And also, but I did also just kind of feel like that matchup uh, was very favorable for Triantek because she could just kind of uh, rush uh, Benchic and like take her time away, use angles. And like she was, her drop shot was on fire that day and she was just in the zone and you know Shvantec is not always in the zone and Benchic does have the does have a lot more experience at this level she's made a semi-final all of her best results have come at the US Open and uh, Shvantec has had a little bit of a block like in the last two majors she's lost in the fourth round and Benchic when she's uh, peaking like she she can really beat anybody yeah um and you know uh yeah and so I, I I'm and you know I don't I don't want to go chalk like one and seven because I do think yeah. Marty is getting to the quarter. So I'm just because of that. And also because, yeah, Benchich is playing well. I'll just give, I'll say Benchich will get to the quarters. Um, yeah. Party. Yeah. I made that mistake a little bit before, like in Wimbledon, although this is definitely a hard court. And as you mentioned, she has a little bit more. So I'm going to, um, I'll be the one that's going to go chalk here. I'm just going to say, uh, Igor Fiontek and Ashley Barty are going to face off again. They played this year earlier, if, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. They played in Madrid. It was a tight match. Uh, Barty won it 7 5 6 4 on clay. Yeah, it was a it was a good one. I watched that. Like the, that was the match that I saw. Um, Tech was having a lot of trouble like, getting her first serve in, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Her, but her second serve was also not great in that match. She hit like three double faults and one yeah. each to get broken, but in a big game. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I would like to see a rematch of that one. Like it's I would too. Yeah, it's like Barty is obviously the great player that she is, and Triantek is an up and coming player. I want to see her doing better in, in majors now as well. Just to see like the same faces like again and again. Like I feel like it just kind of gives you a little bit more like of something to expect and it drives the narrative a little bit better as well. Like you have like some rivalries or something in the shape right. of a rivalry that's kind of like could project to the future. So that's something that I would love to see. So that's kind of what I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now. Um, yeah, I have no idea who Barty will yeah, play yeah. in the fourth round, but I just I won't predict that right now <laughs> because a lot can happen in that section. With uh, I want to I want to say uh, oh gosh, I, I wish Brady was not. I, I wish Brady was in Osaka's half. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm gonna say Barty in ugh, Mukova. I think out of all of them, Mukova would be. Yeah, I mean, if she is, yeah. if she's if she's fit, because if if Mukova and, and Brady are not fit, I will definitely pick Sorry Bestormo to make it into the <laughs> round of sixteen. Right. Yeah. It's really good that, opportunity for Sarah yeah. Bestormo here. That wouldn't be impossible, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and it checks out. I mean, she's had a very consistent year overall. Uh, I think mm-hmm. she did also win a title. She beat Jeannie Bouchard in the final, and then she also she did. It was in uh, Guadalajara, I think. Yeah, also made the semis just uh, this week in the tennis and the line tournament. So, yeah, yeah that's Cleveland, by the way, for those who don't know. <laughs> yeah, so she's in a good rhythm right now. Yep, and then we go on to the bottom quarter, um, which yeah. is the Bianca Andrescu uh, headline at the bottom. This yeah, is- Bianca Andrescu, by the way, I, I think she's still defending 2,000 points from the she US is. Open. Correct. So, there's she's two players defending 2,000 points. 
Um, and then who else is defending? Svidalina is defending her 720 points because she mm. made the semis. And Benchich is also defending 720. Yeah. From the, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a big tournament for Andrescu. Um, yeah. I would like to see her going deep, of and, course, being uh, a Canadian. Yeah, I would I would love to see an Andrescu run again. Um, I think I'm a huge fan of Andrescu. Like I love watching her game. Like, you know, if I just if I had a ticket to go like watch anybody, my top players to watch were always Barty and Andrescu and uh, you know, Shriantek, Naomi. I just love to see these new uh, these Grand Slam champions really like solidify themselves mm-hmm. at the top, unfortunately. Um, Andrescu has really been struggling with her momentum and all the injuries that she's she just never catches a break um, even in you know you were I'm sure you were there for it but in uh, um, in, in Montreal she really suffered with her with a toe injury which is not new for her like she was really struggling throughout the whole match and then she fell in the second set and she actually won that first set against Jabor but then she just didn't have much left in the third set and you could just see the disappointment of her um, she was in tears at one point and then just kind of, uh, you know, not fully trusting her body uh, is a big, uh, big worry for me, uh, for Andrescu, because um, that's one of the things she does extremely well is move um, around the court and slide. And, you know, if she's not able to quite do that to the best of her level, I think she can really look a shell of herself at times. Mm. And she's four and seven on the year since uh, w- reaching the Miami final, where again, injury was the main story there. So you know, I, I really hope for her. I really hope that she's extremely healthy, but I just don't think she's ready for a big run quite yet. And so I actually think uh, Victoria Golubic has a very good chance to pull off the upset um, in the first round. Uh, Golubic reached the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. She also ha- uh, is in pretty good form right now and uh, not a great first round opponent for Andrescu, who, um, you know, usually likes, thrives on playing like long three set matches. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, we left off at Andrescu. But, uh, you know, for me, I just uh, I don't have a lot of faith in her going deep this run, uh, this tournament as much as I really want to. But if she's feeling good, like she has a good opportunity if she gets through her first match. Um, I just think uh, I, I think uh, I'm calling for a first round upset with uh, Golubic taking out Andrescu. And I also actually think there'll be a lot of upsets in this section because you have uh, players like Kavitova, who's so hot and cold, she could literally win the title or she could lose in the first round. I have yeah. no idea. I have no read on Kavitova whatsoever. Although she's never won a Grand Slam on her. Her two Grand Slams are actually at Wimbledon, so I wouldn't be that surprised that she doesn't make for a title run. And she's not playing her best lately. Um, from this section, I wanted to call um, a Sakri Andrescu into the fourth round. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's uh, again. I would love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know where Sakari's head is at uh, since the French Open, because she mm-hmm. had that amazing match in the semifinals against Krajikova, where she had a match point. Yeah. Um, and you know, she was uh, hard done in that one. Uh, she, it was a very competitive match, nine seven in the third set. Uh, me and Owen, we've talked a lot about that match um, previously, but I really, uh, I really think that was such a tough one for her to lose. Uh, yeah. And she did She did have a good run in Montreal. She lost to Azarenka in the third set in a tight one. Yeah. She lost in a, in a, it was a tiebreaker. Yeah. She lost a tiebreaker, I think 7-2. But um, yeah, it was, that was a great match. Uh, it was a good it was, match too. So awesome. it's, it's that. But another it's another loss like that, you know, yeah. in the third set. Yeah, it's the thing I was going to say. Sakari is going on, is running on tough losses right now. So yeah. And then I also remember yeah. the one against Andrescu where she served for the match in Miami in the semifinals. Mm, that's true. 
So that was another tough one. And then, yeah, she's had a lot of tough losses. Uh, but, you know, I really hope we get that match. It's just that Marta Kostiuk in the first round, that's a really tough. Yeah. Marta Kostiuk pushed, uh, pushed Naomi Osaka last year in the third round um, at the US Open. And I've actually been, a, I really thought she was going to do more this year, Kostiuk. Mm. But, uh, you know, maybe, and she did, she went to the fourth round of Roland Garros, but I think uh, um, this is a very dangerous first round match for Sakari. And then even if she gets through Kostyuk, um, you know, Sinyakova and Sevastova is really tough. Yeah. Like, Sinyakova has been playing really well recently. Yeah. Um, and she also won uh, the gold at the Olympics with Krajikova. Yeah. Uh, she's a very good doubles player and her results are transferring in singles. And mm-hmm. Sevastova is uh, very crafty and uses the slice and a lot of variety in her game. So that's very tricky. And Sevastova has made a semifinal before at the US Open. Yeah. Uh, Although the, the one upset that I'm predicting here is, is um, Podoroska is taking Ostapenko out in the first round, I think. so. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's another thing is Ostapenko. Which one shows up? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, if, the right, if the right one shows up, it's a bit like Georgie. <laughs> true. So I'm, uh, I'm really not sure. But I, I, I do think I, I do. I'm going to say with confidence. And then another section, another player in this section is um, that's been kind of on and off with injury recently. Even though she had a great French Open and got to the finals, Pavia Chenkova. Yeah. So she's another question mark for me. Uh, Kavitova is a question mark with me. I just don't know which one's going to show up. Ostapenko is a question mark for me. Sakari, I question her mental and then her. She has two really tough rounds. Um, and and rescue, I'm not feeling so high on. And she has all those points to defend. So the only one I kind of feel confident about in this section is Paula Bedosa, <laughs> who's been on an incredible run like since since the start of the clay court season, like yeah. semifinals of Madrid. Um, that's where she really caught my eye. And then last week she beat Sabalenka, which was yeah. very impressive, like seven six in the third, and she was just handling Sabalenka's power and hitting it even harder than her, which is so hard to do. Yeah, interesting so, to I'm, interesting to notice as well that Bedosa lost to Marino in uh, in three sets. Um, in Montreal uh-huh. as well. It was a really good match. I was yeah. I was up there for it. That was epic. so. Yeah. But yeah, like I mean, it's it's then, definitely it's definitely up there. Like it, there's a lot of question marks after the uh, in in this in this quarter. Yeah, and there's a question mark on Bedosa too because she withdrew from her. Uh, she retired in the middle of her match against Prishkova in the quarters, mm-hmm. like after that Savalenka like upset. So I'm just really not sure. I I think Prishkova this might be the time for her. The, the thing is, yeah. like, like, like the thing is that uh, you know, you and me and even Owen, we were pretty sold that Pushkova is not going to win a major, yeah. and I still think she's not going to win a major. But I think that she's asking herself, she's uh, she's taking advantage, and she's really putting herself in positions to do so now uh, on a yeah. regular on a regular basis at the big events, like starting from Rome onwards. And so I feel like with this kind of a draw and so much question marks and prayers, like this could be her time. Like on paper, she is the favorite to get to the semis and with her number yes. four seed and with the form that she's been in since Rome, she's only just had one early loss, which was at the Olympics. And that was to Camilla Giorgi. So yeah, I feel like this could be her time. And she has made a U.S. open final before in 2016. Yeah. Uh, lost to Kerber in three sets. Yeah. Was up a break in the third set. And, and also we have to acknowledge that she did come kind of close against Barty. Um, she's one of those players. I feel like, like her movement is one of her weaknesses. Um, Tushkova. She moves yeah. so much better side to side than she does. Like if you jam her across the center of the court, or you make her play really low balls because she hits the ball so flat. Like if you make her generate pace and like get low and play that those kind of games, that's why like Barty is always going to have the edge over Pushkova anytime they play. 
um, because Barty just has way too much um, variety and she can just place the ball in so many uncomfortable positions. And Pliskova just serves extremely big and she moves better mm-hmm. side to side than she does um, like uh, longitudinally, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like the reaction, like her, her footwork is like the main thing that like it needs to be extremely precise because she hits that flat. Uh, and then also um, Amanda Anisimova is in Pushkova's section. And mm. I've seen Amanda Anisimova playing better recently. She has- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Necessarily yeah. translated into really big wins. But she's been, she's playing at home and she's uh, she's kind of due for a big run. I feel like even, I was talking about her a lot two years ago, but uh, she struggled like last year with the death of her father. Well, maybe that was two years ago now, but um, you know, hasn't really delivered on that promise. But she's still so young. Yeah. Also, a player there is there, and then we haven't really mentioned. I don't know how far she can get, but like Tomilianovic, she just made a, uh-huh. I think, was a quarterfinal at Wimbledon. Yeah. She she might be having a good amount of confidence right now, like running mm-hmm. for her. So she's taking on Pet. She she could be she could upset Petra Martic, I think, because Martic has not really done. Um, a whole lot this year, like either. So, yeah, I like her to not that I can remember, but yeah, yeah I like Tommy Anovich to get to the third round, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'm just not sure after that. Like, I have no idea who's going to get through the second. Yeah. This is the toughest section. I do, I do think that we're going to get a Pliskova at least in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I'm going to stick with although, first. although it could be it could be a tough one if uh, Pavlyuchenko is playing well too. I don't know. Mm, yeah, so yeah, Pavlyuchenko was playing well and also Bedosa. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would I really pick Bedosa over? Like, if Bedosa is healthy, I would pick her over Pushkova. Um, yeah. If because Pushkova also does have somewhat of a block in fourth round and quarterfinals. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go bold here. This is the quarter to go big on, yeah. and I'm not confident about any of these players right now. So, which one are you picking? So, I'm gonna pick Bedosa. Uh, hopefully, she's healthy. But if she For is, the I'm picking her. I'm picking her to get to the quarters. Okay. Uh, and then I'm not picking, instead of Andrescu, I'm picking somebody else. Uh, actually, yeah, Andres. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, actually, P- Pushkova, I'm picking. I'm going to pick Pushkova to get to the quarters and then lose to Bedosa. Yeah. Okay. So I have Pushkova, Bedosa in the quarters. I have Bedosa in the semis. I have Vardy, Bedosa in the semis. Yeah. Bedosa. Okay, so getting Bedosa into the semis. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for um, Vardy into this into the the semis as well. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go for Andrescu again in the semis. I think she. In the semis. 
um i think she she can she she i think she's gonna hit a point like in in her career right now lately that she might be against pushkova uh i i definitely like her chances (laughs) yeah yeah so i feel like she could she could hit a point where she can feel like herself again and i think that's that's going to be important for her so this might be more heart than than head but um i definitely feel like uh at her best she can do it as she done it before so so you yeah. think yeah so you think pushkova will get to the quarters then uh, I also- um i'm gonna actually i think i'm gonna pick pushkova yeah because i feel like she's been playing pretty well lately uh, and i i i like her confidence yeah. and her games kind of seems to be in a very good place right now so yeah, I like that. Yeah, so I'm gonna go very n- not bold here, except for maybe Andresco in the semi. So I'm gonna pick like one six in the semifinals. Yeah, kind of like actually, I did in the. Um, I didn't realize this. I'm looking at it now, but Pushkova and Bedosa could meet in the fourth round. Yeah. So in that case, I don't pick Pushkova to get to the quarters. I pick Bedosa. Okay. And then now the question is in the. Um, in the other half, like who she placed in the quarters. So uh, yeah, that's the tough one with uh, that. That that's the Kavitova section, right? The Kavitova, um, Kavitova and rescue section. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the toughest one to pick. <laughs> uh, like I definitely don't think Andrescu. Um, I don't think Ostapenko. I'm doubtful on Sakari. And I'm definitely not confident in Kavitova. Uh, what if it's like Sinyakova or something? I could, I could actually see that happening. Hmm. Sinyakova into the fourth round or quarters? Yeah, into the, into the quarters. Uh, yeah, basically, who will face Bedosa in the quarters? That's the, yeah. the question for me. Yeah, I got to pick one. <laughs> Yeah, I got to pick one. Okay, I will just go with, despite everything I said about Sakari, I think if she's playing her best, she will get to the quarters um, and get to face uh, Bedosa. So I will, I will stick with, I will stick with Sakari. Yeah, I'll go with Sakari. Sakari up to the quarters and then yeah. the semifinals, you want to pick yeah. someone already? Then I'm picking, then I'm picking Bedosa. I think Sakari will lose another very tight match. Yeah. Uh, and then I have, and then I have Bardi and Bedosa in the semis. Bardi and Bedosa, that's that's a bold pick. Bedosa especially is like number twenty four seed. Although like bold pick and double T is like it's not that un, it's not that uh, uncommon to see like players ranked outside of the yeah. top twenty like getting to the semi. So yeah, namely Krejcikova, she like, just won a grand slam. So yeah, I also think Bedosa is playing a lot better than her ranking, like of yeah. twenty four. I agreed. So I actually think like the ranking is pretty misleading because. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the race is a better measure. And if we go by the WTA race, um, Bedosa is number 14 right now, just behind Sakari. Sakari is mm-hmm. number 13. So, you know, like, uh, you know, it's a little bit ahead of her, of what she's shown right now, but I think she's quite capable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just so hard to pick. But I'm yes. just, uh, you know, uh, given the, uh, that's another new semifinalist, Bedosa. Um, Barty okay. would be the repeat one. So interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Are you going with Andrescu? Yeah, you go. Yeah, with I'm going with Andrescu. All right. I wanna. Oh, I wanted to pick Andrescu going all the way to the final, 
but that that's not that's not something that I'm confident to yeah. pick like until I see her there into the semis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I think she could have she could do it because like she, her game is is good enough that like she can go against uh, Barty and play well because she's not like a Pliskova who has like a very flat. She can she can hit all types of shots pretty much, and mm-hmm. uh, she has the drop shots and things so. She can disrupt rhythm and keep rhythm at the same time if she wants to. So I feel like it could be interesting if they meet again. Yeah, if they meet each other, I mean that would be that would be phenomenal. That would be, be amazing. I would the best semifinal that. you could have hoped for in this section. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, but now we go to the third quarter, which is Naomi Osaka's quarter, the most yeah. intriguing quarter ever, and also the the, the quarter where. You know, the draw conspiracy theorist people are, are so mad right now because they think it's rigged because you yeah. have all the all the women of color in one section. Yeah. It's crazy. You have Madison Keys playing Sloan Stephens, which is quite quite unreal because they played a US Open final in 2017 and now they're meeting in the first round. But it's not entirely um, surprising given like that's the level that they've been playing at uh, recently. So like, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't really deserve the right to be seated based on their level, but still like very intriguing first round. Um, I think Sloan Stephens probably wins that match. She just kind of has an edge in that rivalry. Yeah. But uh, you know, she's, she's playing well too as well. But then, and then also Coco Goff is not a, that's not an easy first round against Magdalene. Lynette. Lynette is a very good ball striker off both wings. Uh, she, she can beat anybody on a given day. She just pushed them on a hell very hard last week. So I think Goff will, you know, that's not a comfortable first round, but I think she'll get through it. And I think she's just simply playing at a better level than Stephens and Keys. Uh, so I think, and I think really Coco Goff has a potential for a really big run uh, at this year's US Open. This is the only major where she hasn't made the fourth round. And obviously we all remember two years ago, so much hype and Coco mania um, in yeah. surrounding her in 2019 and she'll have the crowds on her side. She'll be the crowd favorite of this whole event, probably. Probably. Yeah. The biggest of any American, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I like her to beat Sloan Stephens uh, or Keys, you know, depending on what happens there. And then, then the the really interesting part becomes uh, Kerber. Kerber is Stremska. That's a really good first round. But I like Kerber. Kerber's not only playing better on. Uh, she's really revived her form now, uh, yeah. starting from Bad Omberg with that she won before Wimbledon, and then her Wimbledon semifinal run, and now she's backed that up in Cincinnati. That's very good positive signs for Kerber. Shows that she's not just only playing well in grass. She is actually like playing well now. And this is an odd year. Normally she plays well in the even years, you know, like 16 and 18 when she won her three majors. But then 20 was like, you know, was an even year, but the pandemic like halted her momentum. So probably now she's finding it this year. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I'm just joking, obviously, but it's a kind of an intriguing pattern. All of her best seasons are in the years. But, uh, you know, the matches that I'm fascinated of, I really hope we get Kerber and Goff uh, in the third round. They played each Definitely other at Wimbledon. And uh, it was a, you know, close competitive match, but Kerber just had the edge overall. She won four and four. Um, Goff just wasn't quite ready yet to uh, deal with that kind of a veteran on the, on her best surface, especially with all the angles and all the changes of pace and the way Kerber can just redirect off both wings. And she has some of the best down the lines in the game when she's on. Her backhand down the line, her forehand down the line, her ability to just generate, uh, I guess I should say absorb and redirect that power 
the cross courts and just go down the line is just just unreal. And then she's so supremely fit and she's such a good competitor that um, she's just never out of it. And she defends extremely well. Mm-hmm. And she also likes faster surfaces and the surface is playing quick this year. Um, and But I also think like, you know, Wimbledon is that's on grass and this is on hard and this is a different proposition if they both play each other. And obviously the winner of that most likely plays Osaka. Yeah, uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you think Osaka gets to the fourth round? I, I really like her draw, and I think she's playing some of her... I think yeah. she's not at her best yet, but I think uh, this is a draw where she can work her way. Into yeah, I think I think she's she may not be at her best, but like she got back on court and she was playing, and I think that that could be enough for her to like just go into the US Open and just at least mentally be ready to try hard and win matches. And I think that she can definitely do it. And I would definitely be liking a Kerber Osaka. Um, was that was that fourth round, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that would, that would be really interesting. And it yeah. could be, it could be either a really powerful match, like a big one, or it could be just a, it could be just like a wipeout from, uh, from Osaka and she could just kind of completely dominate Kerber. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do if, think if, if Kerber beats yeah. uh, Goff, though, I think that'll be a really big test for uh, Osaka. She's one yeah. in four in her head-to-head against. Um, I don't really read too much into, into those head-to-heads because a lot of those were in 2018, like before she won her US Open. Yeah, But uh, I do definitely think like Kerber is so gritty that she can make a definitely make a match out of it, unless, like you said, like Osaka just completely blows her off the court. Yeah. Uh, but if she's able to beat somebody like Goff, who defends so well, and actually the, the thing that I was talking about with the down the lines, Goff is one of the best movers in the game, and she hits with a lot of margin cross court, so she actually can negate a lot of those weapons from Kerber. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really curious, because either way, like it's such a compelling match, Goff or Osaka, and uh, Goff and uh, Osaka and Kerber. Yeah, this, I, is, this is intriguing, yeah. Because like golf, like Actually, such a tough draw to get to the quarterfinals. Like she ha- she'll have to face most likely Sloane Stephens, uh, Lynette, and then Sloane Stephens, and then Kerber, and then Osaka. That's re- that's crazy difficult. But I mean, if she if she's able to pull this off, like at eight seventeen, and get to the quarters here, I mean, the crowd would just go wild, and they'd be just that she'd be like a real threat to even go all the way and win this. Yeah, like. I feel like I would either like uh, like Osaka, Osaka, um, Osaka Golf or Osaka Kerber. I think would be both pretty good matches. Like at this point, like I'm not even like predicting like who I want to win, but just mostly just or who I think is going to win. But just like this, those are good matches. I don't think Golf is going to make it um, past both Kerber and Osaka back to back. I think it might be a little bit of a tall order right now. I'm I might be wrong. She might hit yet another milestone in her career and just kind of go on another giant killing run and just getting those those players down like back to back and reaching a quarterfinal and who knows maybe going to the semifinal mode and you know teenage superstar like Coco Mania is going to start again mm-hmm. so but I think this could be this could be a little bit of a, a big shot right now so I think um it's tough to pick because I don't know how Osaka is doing but I think um in terms of level and just his- historically she's played well in the US Open um i'm just going to pick her to-, to win um and just go over to the quarterfinals that's that's what i'm going to that's what i'm Very choosing right now uh golf you're saying 
Uh, no, Osaka is going to make oh, it okay. into the quarterfinals. Osaka is going to make it to the quarterfinals. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, Osaka. I, I, I think Osaka is going to make it to the quarterfinals as well. I have her playing against. Uh, will it be Kerber? Will it be Goff? I have her playing against Kerber right now. Kerber. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was about favorite, to say. I wanted to say Goff for this one. Yeah. Yeah. On on favorite on the paper, I think Kerber is the favorite right now. Um, Me too. And I think uh, yeah. Um, and there's no absolutely no guarantees that we'll get by Lynette and Stephens. So yeah. um, just based on that, I, I uh, uh, and then also we have their Wimbledon matches evidence. So I, I would, I'm still leaning Kerber. Um, you know, I, and if Goff proves me wrong, that'd be that'd be amazing. We have Goff and Osaka. So yeah, I pick Osaka to get to the quarters. I just think it'll be Kerber in the fourth round. Um, yeah. Then in the bottom, then in the top half of that section, this section is also fascinating because you have Svitolina against Rebecca Moreno, who just qualified. Um, and Svitolina is just coming off her a title. That could be either a good or a bad thing. Uh, you know, good thing that she's super match tough and she yeah. just won another WTA 250 or 16th career title. Mm-hmm. Or it could On also the other just, hand, it was a very, very long match. Yeah, a very, very long match and long two matches uh, yesterday and also today um, against Rebecca Peterson yesterday and then today. Um, against Elise Cornet. So, yeah, but if she gets to Rebecca Marino, I'd like her to get to the third or fourth round. The problem is this, for Svidalina's after that, she hasn't really been able to. She runs into somebody who's just playing a lot better than her, and then um, she hits her ceiling. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then another player in this section that's kind of dangerous. Uh, well, obviously, Rabakina is always dangerous. She's a really big hitter, and yeah. know, she made the quarters at uh, Wimbledon. So that's... Uh, you know, and she she also made the semis at the Olympics, and then uh, Svitolina took her out um, in the bronze medal match. It was, she was actually up like six one four one, but then Svitolina came back and won. Who so was Rubakina? Rubakina, uh, uh, oh. yeah, Rubakina and Svitolina. They played each other in the bronze medal match at the Olympics. It was a wild match. Like uh, Rubakina was dominating, and she was up six one four one. At one point, uh, and a breakup in the third set, but then uh, Svitolina turned it around and won it in three, including a tie break in the second set from one mm-hmm. six to one four down. It was unreal. But uh, so I'm just saying, like Rabakina struggles closing out big matches right now in her mm-hmm. career. It uh, could be a chance if Svitolina uh, yeah. makes it and gets tired, like from big matches. I think Marino is a player that Zvitalina would be not exactly thrilled to be facing right now because she yeah. had a couple of good she had a good run in Montreal. She won an ITF tournament before coming to Montreal before, uh, so yeah. it, it, she was going. She's going in a good amount of um, matches that she's won. She did win her both qualifying matches in three sets, um, winning the first and dropping the second. Um, but she's got a game that. There's not exactly extremely physical, which is great for her. She serves really big, so it could it could cause problems for Zvitolina if she's not feeling her best. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 a tough call. I it could see an upset here, but I don't know. So, so I'm gonna pick somebody completely different to get to the quarterfinals. I'm not yeah. completely different because she's she's made a French Open final before, and nobody talks about her. Van Drusova. <laughs> Van Drusova. Yeah, I'm gonna pick her to get to the quarters. I, I just have a hunch that this could be her week. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at her draw right now. And, uh, you know, I mean, she, it's not unreasonable. Like she could, 
She has Gabriel uh, Alina Roos. Uh, I, I like her chances to get through that. And then Daria Kazakina is always tough in the form that she's in right now with Parankova. But, uh, you know, Von Rusova is the reigning silver medalist in the Olympics. And she knocked out Naomi Osaka. She gave a really good fight in the, bra- in the gold medal match, but lost to Bentich. She's playing really, really well right now. Mm. Um, yeah. In confidence. And she just played last week, actually, and got to the quarters. Like, she didn't go all the way, but you know, lost in three sets to Cornet, uh, who ended up getting to the final, losing to Svitolina. And, uh, you know, she lost to Bencic in Cincinnati round one, which was a gold medal match before that. Yeah. So it's kind of wild. But I think uh, uh, I think she's in good form right now. And she poses the kind of game that not many players would like with her lefty game and her variety. And she she's like, she has some of the best drop shots I've ever seen. And she hits a lot of angles and she hits a very big ball. Uh, and defends well. So I actually, uh, I like her to beat Svidalina if they play each other. Uh, hmm. Yeah. And then also another person, Simona Halep in this section. Yeah, she like, is. She's drawing Camila Georgi in the first round. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Camila Georgi is, uh, that. this is giving me like uh, Kaya Kinepi vibes, you know, seeing Camila Georgi in this first round against mm-hmm. Simona Halep because Kaya Kinepi is like the giant killer of the WTA. And she always knocks out all the seeded players early in slams. So yeah, uh, it depends on how both of them are feeling. I feel like I, I want to give the edge more on Halep on this one because Georgie came out of a title. Uh, she didn't do incredibly well in Cincinnati right after, which is reasonable, of course. But Halep um, lost early to Collins. Uh, she Her level uh, dropped quite drastically after the first set because she was coming off from injury. Um, still like managing the uh, calf injury that she, I think was a calf injury. Um, mm. But um, I think she should be healthy for the US Open. I think she can. Yeah, she can, I'm just, uh, I'm just make things confident happen. in although, yeah, for although I don't, yeah, I'm not going to pick her to make it into the quarterfinals, though. I actually think your your choice from uh, Van Drusova is really interesting. I want to pick Rybakina, though. I'm going to pick Rybakina to make it into the quarterfinals. Um, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. a good pick. It's just because like, I'm gonna uh, predict uh, Marino's um, um, Marino is gonna pull off the upset against Vitalina in the first round. That's what I want to see, and okay. then I don't know what happens next. Okay, that's uh, that could happen for sure. Um, yeah, Rabakina is interesting. Like she, the thing is, um, I'm just like such a question mark with Halep because she pulled out last week in Cincinnati, uh, and then like you said, her level dropped off against Collins, um, and I, I just don't think like this is the worst prepared she would have been for a big tournament you know and she skipped mm. uh, the french open she didn't play wimbledon she had that calf injury and she starts out against a really tough opponent who would just hit her off the court if she plays her absolute best true so and even if she gets through that i mean robakina is awaiting in the third round most likely uh and you know she could also take her out on a given day so i'm gonna go with the von drusova versus robakina fourth round and I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna have uh, Von Drusova get to the quarters and face mm. uh, Goff. Uh, sorry, Goff. No, no, no. Face uh, Osaka. Osaka, yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna have Von Drusova versus Osaka in the quarters, and I'm gonna say uh, Osaka gets revenge for her Olympics defeat hmm. um, and gets through through the semis. And this is a tough matchup for her against Von Drusova, by the way. Lefty. Yeah. I, I think I, I will agree with you with that. But I'll say Rebecca Osaka in the semifinal, in the quarterfinals. And it's going to be an, a good 
four sets, um, not four sets, two sets, but uh, in the in the end, I think it's going to be like something like seven, five, six for Osaka. Oh, okay. Into I didn't the, know we were doing scores, but I think I'm uh, just 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 I just wanted to go for this one, just kind of just give you like a perception of like yeah how and, tight the match is going to be or not. <laughs> and we know that Osaka is twelve and zero when she gets to the quarters. Um, yeah. In every single time she's won it, so. Yeah, I see no reason why this should be any different. Uh, my only thing is, yeah, so I'm saying help will get through Georgie because Georgie is so hit or miss that it might not, like, Simona help might not even need to be 100%, honestly, yeah. if uh, Georgie is so off. But I think against Rubakina, she might it, she might just not find this level right now so quickly. And U.S. Open is her worst major. She's never made the final of the U.S. Open. Uh, she's That's the only major help has never made the final. Hmm. She lost in the semis in 2015 to uh, Flavia Panetta, who ended up winning the title over Roberto Vinci. Yeah. So crazy, crazy, crazy slam that was. Yeah. Who did she lose for in the, in the final of the Australian Open that she made? Uh, Caroline Bosniaki uh, in 2018. Oh, it's true. Uh, yeah. And then she won the very next major uh, against Stone Stephens and uh, in the French Open. That's nice. Yeah. And then Wimbledon in 2019. <laughs> And she's had a lot of tough losses in slam finals, but she's never made a yeah. final in, at the U.S. Open. And this That's is true. like her worst, uh, uh, worst slam. Worst slam, and she's not very well prepared. And so many good players. Yeah, I just don't see it for her this time. Maybe next time, Simona. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I have Osaka getting to the semis, and then in the bottom half, this is Arena Sabalenka's section. I really like her section, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't see anybody beating her, except for red hot Danielle Collins, if they play each other. You think uh, so? But but uh, I'm not sure. Collins I think I think Sabalenka is tough. I think Sabalenka because... will still get through Collins. Yeah, I could just see it going three sets. Yeah, um, that match will be extremely loud. So cover your ears if you're watching that. Because that's for sure. Yeah. Collins will keep on yelling. Come on! Although she didn't yell Loud that it? much, like in, in Montreal, she was a little injured. Like she she wasn't actually oh, okay. feeling well. She wasn't injured. She had a I think she was having. Some something like a heat stroke um, in this. Oh, okay. sense, but, yeah, yeah, but, she's really struggling against yeah. uh, uh, Simona Halep and then again against Pagula in the next round. So yeah, she mm-hmm. might have just played a lot of matches and peaked too soon, to be honest. Probably, she oh. yeah. She the thing is like she was riding on a twelve match winning streak and she won two titles in a row. So yeah, one on clay and one on hard, right? Yeah, so it, it's a lot of matches. So she she could go back to her regular loud. And um, it could be loud also because of Arthur. She, if she plays an Arthur Ashe on that match, which I think could happen because it, it's like an, an American versus number two seed, I think it could go over into uh, yeah. in, in onto Ash onto, onto Ash uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yeah. So I think it could be it could get a very could get to a very very loud match with the crowd and both of these players. It could be interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So my bottom half pick in that match. So I think Sabalenka Collins could go three sets, but I like Sabalenka. I just think there's like yeah. 25 minutes in every Arena Sabalenka match where it's like, wow, like how do you beat her? Because she has so much power off both wings, great serve, great forehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, uh, yeah, she's just, she has too much power on any given day. Her plan A is that good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, like you said with Collins, you know, uh, she may not be ready just yet uh, at this mm-hmm. tournament. And, and also, um, I like her even against Ons Dubor. Because uh, I think Ons de Borg will get to the fourth round, but I see uh, Sabalenka winning that. Yeah, same here. Um, Sabalenka did lose to Jabber in um, at Wimbledon. Was a crazy um, match. Too. Wait, was it not? No, it was. No, she lost to Sabalenka. She lost. She won against Muguruza. Sorry, 
Yeah, Jabor yeah. won against Muguruza and Spiontek, but then yeah. lost to Sabalenka in the quarters. Lost to Sabalenka in the quarters in two sets, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It was just way too so, much power for Jabor. Yeah. Uh, and but, too much pressure, too, I would say, at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, I, I think I agree with you. Like, I feel like Sabalenka. I think uh, she's unlocked something here because if you remember going into Wimbledon, the main story was can she get to the second week? Can she get to the quarters? Because she was, she had, she had, uh, uh, won 10 titles and four masters, uh, four WTA 1000s, had been the best player, like up to date to have like not won a major. And then she and Pushkova played each other in the semis, who was also in that category. She and Pushkova and Svitolina, right? The yeah. best players, like not having to win, not having won a slam, but she hadn't even made a quarterfinal. And now she did that at Wimbledon. And so now I kind of feel like the floodgates could open and she's the, the number two seed here. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has a favorable draw. So, and she just beat Jabor in Wimbledon. Yeah, so, I think she's going to look at her drawing and feel optimistic about her chances, honestly. Yeah, same. Uh, but then this the, this section right here, just above it, is is very interesting. So I have Sabalenka. We both have Sabalenka in the quarters. But the question mm-hmm. is, who will she face in the quarters? Because Barbora Krajikova, I mean, she is killing it. Like, since since winning, she won a title before the French, then she won the French. Then she played well at the Olympics, lost to Bencic there. Uh, before that, I'm, I'm forgetting Bumbledon, she lost to Barty there. Uh, she yeah. won a t- another title after that. Then she reached the semis last week, lost to Vardy. Um, and she's just like, she's on an absolute mission. Like she's, and she's yeah. doing it in d- doubles as well as singles, which is so impressive. Like she won mixed doubles at the Australian Open. She won doubles at the French and at the Olympics. Uh, she won gold medal. And she won. It's interesting Open. that you say in singles, like two of those losses that have come um, against uh, Ashley Vardy. Right. So you you see to whom she's losing matches. It's not like she's yeah, like she's a legit top five player right now. Yeah. yeah, like she's basically only losing to Barty uh, yeah. and Benchic who won the gold medal. So yeah. uh, from that standpoint, see the thing is Muguruza. I was so high on in the first three months of the year because she was winning week in week out. She was winning like she'd won the most number of matches. She had yeah, uh, you know, all the way up until Miami when she lost to Andrescu, and then when she injured herself at a clay court tournament in. Charleston after that on green clay since then she's never been the same she just mm-hmm. hasn't recaptured that form so actually if uh, and Azarenka's in that section as well I actually think Azarenka yeah. could do very well this week I think yeah I have Azarenka beating Muguruza if they play each other I, I, would, I would agree with that I think it's going to get an Azarenka Krejcikova yeah. fourth round in that one and that yeah. could be interesting and, uh, who do you like in that one I like Krejcikova I'm picking I'm sticking with her I'm going to go with Azarenka I don't know why I think it's just I, I think I think Krejcikova, I would say Krejcikova would have the edge, like um, if you're just looking at results and just like form. But like I think Azarenka just um, not had not not exactly been. She's not exactly been like playing terrible, honestly. Like she lost to Sabalenka, she mm-hmm. lost a great match. She she won a great great match against uh, Sakari in Montreal as well. Um, but yeah. I think was, was uh, absolutely destroyed by Barty though last week. Uh, it was yeah. almost a love and love. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Like I was, I kept on refreshing the scores to see if this is actually right, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god!" But I can, I can just, see. Was just on another level, but but I agree with you. Like that's a, that's kind yeah. of a very close match. I can see like, she she her getting to, into the quarterfinals again. I'm not sure she's yeah. getting past that that result, but yeah. Uh, I will say that uh, uh, what is it going to be? Um, Sabalenka um, has a better chance, maybe against. Uh, she has a definitely Sabalenka definitely has a better chance against Azarenka than she does against Krajikova. I agree with that. So if Krajikova makes the quarters, I'm picking her to get to the semis. But if Azarenka beats Krajikova, then I'm picking Sabalenka. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I can see that. 
So I I I I think I'm so high on Kritikova. I'm going to pick her to get to the semis. I think mm. she beats uh, Azarenka and she beats Sabalenka. I think I'm going to say yeah. this year. I'm going to pick uh, Sabalenka to get to the semis and, yeah, and you facing... have uh, Azarenka right in the quarters. Yeah, Azarenka in the quarters in the quarters. Yeah. So and then from then on I'm going to go Osaka Sabalenka in the semifinals which would be yeah. a fantastic matchup. Um yeah. then I'm all over it. Um, two versus three again. <laughs> yeah. So I picked one versus six and two versus three, which is isn't isn't it's not incredibly common, I would say, like in a Grand Slam for this to happen. Yeah. But like this this level of consistency from the seated players, uh, because yeah. not not for anything like wrong with them. It's just because like it's just too many good players. <laughs> yeah, it's just too but, much depth. It's a... yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. it's not, it's nothing they can do really. It's, it's yeah. Just, it, could, it could just lose at any given day, man. Like in, in the WTA, it's you really good because there's really not that much difference between the majors and the the other tournaments because three out of five, you know, two out of three sets in the majors, it's it, it, uh, you know physically it's even easier because they have a day off. True. Although they don't get a buy at any moment, so yeah, they don't get a buy. Although it also there's a fact that in the US Open they don't have. Um, the um one by two in the third set so that essentially yeah. renders it into a, a regular yeah compared to the other majors uh yeah the u.s open is the only one that has a uh, tie break mm-hmm. in, in the final side but uh yeah so i'm sticking with osaka so number three versus number eight i'm going with krijikova and then i had uh bardi at bedosa as my new semifinalist for this year mm-hmm. so okay. i'm going with i'm going with bardi and osaka in the final um, I think I think Osaka will just like like I said she's never lost before uh, after getting to the quarters, and I think uh, Krajikova like expecting her to beat Azarenka, Sabalenka, and Naomi Osaka back to back. I think that's just too much for her at this point. Yeah, and she's also probably going to be playing doubles. I'm assuming she's in the doubles draw. So physically, I mean, if she loses early, it's like okay, I can still win doubles, or I can go really far because I'm just uh, I'm just that complete of a player right now in singles and doubles. That's for Krajikova, right? Yeah, that's for Krajikova. So I, I think yeah. uh, I think Osaka beats Krajikova, hmm. uh, and then we have the spectacular match that we've all been waiting for, which is yeah. Osaka versus Bardi. So you have uh, Bardi coming through and rescue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, and then who do you have in the final? I have Osaka Bardi as well. I think it's going to be the fireworks that we need. It's a. Uh... Yeah. It's the match that we deserve to win the, the, the US Open, to win the Grand Slams this year. Absolutely. Best player in the world versus best uh, hardcore player in the world. So that would be tremendous. It's just uh, kind yeah. of a, it's, it's like, uh, it's like Djokovic, Medvedev in a way. Although is, Djokovic yeah. is kind of the best hardcore player and the best player in the world right now. So. Yeah. Right. But Medvedev is a close second on the hardcore, I would say. Yeah, definitely. If he wins, if, if, I mean, I don't want to jump it back into the ATP, but if Medvedev does win the US Open, especially over Novak Djokovic, I think it's going to be pretty close to being like the best hardcore player. Yeah, then he has a real shot of even finishing the year number one, which is absolutely wild because he, <laughs> I mean, he's now, he would have now won every big tournament yeah. since Wimbledon. And the yeah. only one missing would then be the Australian Open well, on a hard court, on a hard yeah. court. And of course, Indian Wells, he hasn't won in Miami, he hasn't won, but yeah. Yeah, you will have a chance of winning Indian Wells, though, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah insane. <laughs> um, 
now that you've mentioned it, like, what are the chances of Barty finishing number one? As, are they much better than Djokovic's, you think? Oh, Barty I mean, finishing number you... one. I think Barty is like a lot to finish number one. Is it already? I, I thought she had a, she had, she had like not too many big results that she needed to like lock in. Like she made it like maybe and second has, week. I'm pretty sure she, I mean, she has in, like nothing to defend at the end of the year. That's and, true. Uh, and uh, she lost in the fourth round last year. Uh, I mean, she lost in the fourth round in 2019 at the U.S. Open. So she only has the mm. fourth round points to defend, which is not a lot. It's only 180 it's like points. What? Yeah. And she's already yeah. like 3,000 points ahead of everybody else. And she's, she's probably going to win another title at the end of the year, maybe even the WTA finals. Right. So is it going to happen though? Isn't that? Oh yeah, that's, that's true. If it, if it actually happens because she, she won that in 2019 as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah so she, maybe she'll have those 1500 points to defend, but like she, she already has such a big margin. Um, yeah. And then there's also Indian so just, Wells most yeah. likely. So there's. That's yeah. true. You still have Indian Wells. She could still win that. If she decides to stay in the, in the U S after, right. after if that. She doesn't go like, back home because. Like, yeah. I could see her out. withdrawing from Indian Wells just to go back to Australia. So that, that would be a thing. Yeah. Especially I, if she already wins. If she doesn't win the US Open, like she loses early. I think she could uh, stay for a bit longer and try to get to Indian Wells. But if she if she just well, I don't know. Maybe the US Open should could be her last tournament of the year. Yeah. It should be crazy. It really could. Actually, it could be for both of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, even for Osaka. It's uh yeah, you know, unless she wants to play at Indian Wells, it's very close to home for her. I, I was going to say that. Like, I feel like Indian Wells is, she, she probably would feel like a comeback home tournament already. At the yeah, moment. by the way, Naomi, if you're listening to this, I'm in LA right now. So, you know, if you want to meet up and, you know, <laughs> have some lunch, Naomi, you know, because we would love uh, to Naomi have you is on listening the podcast. To the, Naomi is listening to tennis and bagels, right? I mean, she, she just she loves our podcast so much. So, she's, uh, you, should, you should do like Naomi and listen to the Tennis and Bagels podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, and share it with your friends and tell them Naomi listens to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, she's my pick to win the US Open again. Her fifth year. Yeah. I'm picking mm. her over Ashley Barty. I'm going to say Barty is going to win against uh, Naomi Osaka. I want to say like a pretty decent three setter. Nice. Like a very epic, a lot of, uh, a lot of good drama, not bad drama. You know what I mean? Yep. I see, uh, I see Osaka winning in three sets. Yeah, so. I'll say Barty in three sets. All right. Coming back from a set down. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. <huh>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make a specific pick, but I'll say three sets. For, yeah. Uh, I was just kind of joking, but <laughs> anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I like how sometimes you're just like, uh, you just go for like specific picks from, yeah. from nowhere and you're just like, you're just like, I just feel like doing it. So it's great. Yeah. I just feel like going for a super specific one. It's a good mix. It's like how when I predict on Twitter also, I just give the scores. I'm like, I have no idea who's going to serve first, but I just want to see if I get close. Yeah. And you got one pretty close once, right? I was like... Yeah. The, <laughs> the really best I ever did was like uh, like in Barcelona, I predicted all the quarterfinalists on the men's side and I got the scores like very close. And then there was one where I did uh, Riley Opelka against Rafael Nadal in Rome in the semis. And I said Nadal would win 6-4, 6-4 and Riley Opelka would hit 10 aces or less. Yeah, Nadal ended up winning six four six four, and Riley hit eleven aces. Yeah, that was that so was incredible. Was, that was that was the one where I was like the closest. But, you should have but you, you lost it. You should have um, you should have tried in the lottery first, like try to play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, try to play some sort of betting game. Yep. Now let's just watch all of our predictions all lose in the first round, and then we'll just... yeah. Especially in the women's draw, like because because yeah. that's very much possible. <laughs> 
<laughs> but with that, you know, we hope you enjoy the US Open and yeah. we'll maybe watching will be active on our accounts and uh yeah. Yeah. All right, Vansh. Uh it was it was a blast to finally record it again. Um I don't even remember it was the last episode that we recorded together because you did a Steve yeah. Flink episode. I think been, I wasn't that one, but you uh, were in you were with me for the Steve Flink Wimbledon. Yeah. One. Then Owen did one with uh, Juan Jose. Yeah. Which is a spectacular listen. If you guys, which is literally out, our best episode over ever. 300 <laughs> listens. Yeah. One and uh, you know Juan Jose was so generous with his time. Like it was a, over a three hour podcast. So if you want to split it up into some days and listen to it, it's a great listen. Yeah, I highly recommend, and you know, we'll we'll be glad, and hopefully Owen will join us for the next episode. Uh, so, we'll... yeah. So if you wanna, still the weekend is not over yet. So just if you wanna listen to the podcast, like and just like doing it while you're doing the dishes or your chores at home. That's normally what I do. I'm just kind of like washing the the bathroom and just cleaning the house and just kind of put my headphones on and I just listen to podcasts all day. That's that's how you do it. That's how you don't miss anything from the tennis and bagels podcast and thanks so much you can catch us up at uh on at twitter i am at rollenberg andre vonsh is at vonsh vjk um owen is at tennis nation and uh, we are at tennis and bagels and yeah hope you enjoy the us open like vonsh said thanks vonsh uh, we'll see you some other time again <laughs> yep thanks andre it was a blast and uh yeah let's do this again soon bye I- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 